So as Terry said, I'm at the end of my seminary journey. So it's today's service. That's it. That's it. I got one big project after this. Yeah. So I got to pass this service in this sermon today. So if, I'll let you know in a week if I pass, if I graduate or not. So, uh, but yeah, that's it. So thank you all so much for the support you all have shown, the patience you've shown through this journey, um, through everything I've I've been able to do, and. Hopefully I've grown a little bit as a minister and as a person through this. Hopefully you uh, have enjoyed the, the journey at times, even though I'm sure it's been bumpy, but I appreciate your grace um, through it and all that, so I am thankful for you all. Today's scripture, we're reading the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 1 through 8. It says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It's worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used used it to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus said. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. All right, so I want to get started. I want to invite you all, if you're comfortable, those that are here and those that are online, to close your eyes for a minute. Yes, I'm doing one of these things. Close your eyes, take a couple deep breaths. We want to clear the mind for a second, make sure we're relaxed and focused. While you're doing this, I want you to think for a second of a certain smell that invokes a positive or wonderful thought. Smell that may be pleasant to you. Maybe a certain smell that stirs up an emotion. Maybe it's an emotion such as joy. Could be an emotion um, such as happiness. Maybe it's a certain smell that invokes a memory of a loved one. Maybe it's a a smell that invokes uh, a time of your life. Does that smell bring you comfort? Now, I want you to open your eyes. So I want to hear from some of you. Um, So in a second, I'll have you raise your hand. You can shout out your responses. Uh, Those online, I want you to type it in the chat. Elena has the mic over here, and when I cue her later... She's going to um, read some of those off. So to kind of get started, one of mine that I, I thought of was I don't really like cake, but my grandma made the lightest, fluffiest, most beautiful angel cake with this pink frosting in the world, and it smelled magnificent. If, it, if I could ever figure out what a cloud smelled like, it smelled like my grandma's angel cake, right? And every time I, I smelled that, I, I think of my grandma, who's no longer with me, and I always think of the holidays, because she only made it at Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I remember this 
wonderful time of my life, and I think of my grandma. That's just a, a smell I think of. So let me ask you. Give me a couple of yours. Go ahead, Glenda. Mother's cornbread dressing. There you go. Love it. Dr. Kemper. Ah, the smell of a pie. Yeah. Certain pies or certain pie that... Uh, pine. Oh, pine. That's it. Pie. Oh, pine. With you. Yes. Newborn babies. They do have a distinct smell. What a lovely smell. Go ahead, G. Oh, yeah. Fresh coffee, yes. A Friday, a Friday stew that invokes the memory of your father. Awesome. Go ahead, Robin. Honeysuckle. Oh, yeah. Oh, it makes you think of family. That's beautiful. What else? Mike, go ahead. Ocean breeze. Oh, I love it. I love the smell of a good ocean breeze. Shelly, go ahead. Cinnamon. Like it. Terry? Newly mowed grass on the football field. That's very specific. That's very good. On the football field. It's game time, right? Billy, do you have your hand up? No? Somebody else? Anybody else? Go ahead. Incense in church. I almost, because I have incense in my office, I almost lit, lit, lit it in the morning. But I have, I have lit it here in the church before, and I mean, it. you will walk through that door and it will hit you. And so I was like, I don't know if that'll bother anybody when they walk in and they would smell that. I, I remember one time in youth group, we cooked bacon in the uh, oven, and man, you could smell it when you walked in, right? I mean, that smell, that's, that's distinguishable. So go ahead, Sherry. Stetson aftershave. There you go. Go ahead, Sandy. Campfire. Yes, you love camping, don't you? You love camping for sure. That's a, that's a wonderful smell. Sandy, I do have a candle in my office called, I think, Campfire. You can, you can probably take that with you if you like. So it does smell like a bonfire. Um, so, hey, awesome. If there's any other last ones. Okay, Elena, what, what did people put online? Austin Lee said fresh baked, fresh baked bread. Fresh baked bread. Teresa Dooley said lilies when the ladies at work get flowers. Okay, lilies, yeah. Kathy Hooper said grandmom's homemade rolls. Ooh. And Rosie said my mom's fried apple pies. Mom's fried apple pies. I love it. I love it. So, yeah, smells are important. It's an important sense for us. It, it invokes wonderful memories for us. We also use items, right, such as candles, get that Bed Bath & Beyond candle sale, plug-ins, incense. We use those sometimes to cover up bad smells, don't we? Thank goodness for the person who created poopery, right? You have kids, it's a necessity in your bathroom. Now I want us to think for a second being in this setting here in this text. Because in this house... In this text here in John, we got a couple characters. We got Jesus, we got Mary, we got Lazarus, we got Martha, and we got Judas. 
Probably others. We don't really know who, but there's probably others. Judas is there. We could probably uh, think that there's probably some other disciples, but this is the main focus of the text. They're sitting around, they're relaxed, they're waiting for dinner. Maybe they're baking some bread, and maybe, maybe that smell is starting to invoke in the house. And people are coming to this house. They're very curious. They're very curious, one, because Jesus is there. They want to, they want to figure out and, and see who this Jesus person is. They're also really curious in Lazarus. Very curious, because Lazarus was dead. Dead as dead could be the chapter before. And he got raised by Jesus. So people are coming like, all right, this, this real, because wouldn't we all be kind of curious? We'd be curious, wouldn't we? We want to go check this out, and then we want to see the man who did this. And Lazarus wasn't just like, just had just passed, you know, 30 seconds. I mean, Jesus was approaching the tomb, and Mary stopped him and said, oh, I don't know that you want to go in there. He's been dead four days. But try to imagine, in that day and age, body after four days sitting in a tomb, in the heat, smell of that. Now, they would take things such as incense and flowers and um, perfumes and, and, and put it in the tombs and to help cover that smell. But I had to imagine that that would be hard to cover. Jesus went through it, raised Lazarus. Here Lazarus is, kicking back, ready to enjoy a good meal. So people are curious. And if you also think about this kind of time as well, these cities and towns are nothing more usually than like open sewers. I mean, I got to imagine Bethany is not ancient Rome. Ancient Rome was one of the first ones to really work on like covered sewer, sewer systems. But even with that, this kind of gives you an idea of the toilet system in ancient Rome. But still, sewage would pass by down outside of town. I can only imagine the smell of that. Animals everywhere. I mean, hygiene, they're not showering twice a day. Sorry, kids, they're not taking half-hour showers. There's no floss and mouthwash in that day. I have to imagine there's some unpleasantness in the air. So I have to imagine maybe the baking of a meal would be a welcome remedy. And in the moment of them sitting and waiting for this meal, Mary pours out this perfume, this pint of nard, a pint very expensive, almost a year's worth of wages all over Jesus' feet. And this smell just engulfs the house. You may ask yourself, well, what does nard smell like? Good news, I have nard for you today. In your pewbacks, in the right part of your pewbacks, you will see a little vial like this. I only put a couple in each pewback, but every, pew, every row has one, so if anybody wants to get up and get one, you can. And inside this, is a couple drops of nard. Oh, oh, where your hymnals are. Look where your hymnals are. Yeah, sorry. It might still be a little oily. Now, there's a couple drops in here. It's diluted in olive oil. And you can get a pretty good smell just off that. So imagine pure nard. A pint Dumped out. I mean, that is going to fill the house. Kind of a lovely smell. It comes from a plant that's based uh, in India and China. 
And not only did it probably fill the house, I'm sure outside the house you could probably smell it as well. And it engulfs. So in this moment, and what this is in the, in the vial is actually anointing oil, which is what most chapters title this passage as Jesus' anointing. So it's anointing oil that you have. You take it with you, it's a gift. But in this moment, Mary's pouring out of the perfume on Jesus' feet, while it's a sign of Jesus' anointing, it's not just that. But it's an act of deep love. It's an act of devotion, it's an act of discipleship to Jesus that Mary performs. It says a few verses later in John, Jesus says that whoever serves me must follow me, and I'm paraphrasing that. Mary is acting as a disciple. She's acting in a way that exhibits loyal and true discipleship. By anointing Jesus with nard, she has served him, she has prepared him for what is to come, and has shown that she will serve him even in times of hardship, persecution, and even death. This is an extravagant gift that filled the house with that sweet smell. Mary's gift of great extravagance is actually parallel to the extravagant gift of God's abundant grace. So this is a story not just about Mary, it's also about God. It's about the abundant grace God has for us. This is the abundance of grace that God has for each of us, for each one of you. Grace that is simply given because we are God's and God has care for us that can't be wavered. God laid down God's own life for us as a way to show us just how expansive that care is. God knew we messed up, knows that we're going to mess up at times. But God did not want us to be indebted. So he paid it. Paid the debt of us wretches with his son, Jesus Christ. Undeserved, unexpected, and freely given. That is grace. Another definition of grace I heard is undeserved love. Mary gave her nard for free. It's expensive. And as we learn from Judas's comment, she did not have to give it. Right? She could have sold it. But she did because of the loyalty and care that existed within her as a disciple of Jesus. So what does this kind of discipleship that Mary shows and this abundant grace that God freely gives mean for us here at FCC Jeff? Mean for you all worshiping wherever you are today in the context of your lives? What does it mean for us as a church? To do it, we've got to look at one more part. Because as Mary's doing this act, you have Judas. Good old Judas. Good old Judas, right? Judas questions Mary's gift of this nard. Like, why would you not sell this and give this to the poor? Fair question, right? It's a fair question. It's a good question. On the surface. On the surface, it's a good question. But we need to look closer at Judas. Because why does Mary commit this act? Why is Judas questioning her? And that lies in the difference of the type of discipleship. 
So as scripture told us, Judas is in charge of the purse. So they would get money, and they would give this money to the poor to help do their ministry, but Judas would take from that money and use it for himself. So Judas is not asking this question because he actually cares about poor people. He does not care about poor people. Maybe he does a little bit, but not in the way that makes a true disciple. He actually wants them to sell that money and pocket it so he can use it for his own needs. It's at the heart of it. So this is a question for us when it comes to discipleship. Where's our heart focused? Or is it on our own needs, or are we focused on others? Is it what we want, or is it what we should be doing for others? And we're guilty, we're honest, we're guilty of putting too much focus on our own needs. I'm guilty. As much for me as it is for anybody else, I'm guilty of putting my own needs above others. Sometimes we do have to make sure we're in a good place before we help other people. There's no doubt about that. Sometimes we've got to make sure that we're doing okay. But for the context of this message, are we doing lip service like Judas and not backing it up with real action that mimics what Mary did, that mimics her generosity and love that is at the root of her discipleship? I think we have to ask ourselves this. Because I've talked about how we'll read Scripture at times, and we'll read ourselves as Mary. And in fact, we're Judas. Why are we that? Well, we're complicated. We're selfish. We're conflicted. We don't make good decisions. This is why we need the grace of God. I know I've mentioned it before, and I'm going to mention it over and over and over again until I'm blue in the face, because we always need to hear it. I don't think we can ever get enough of it. So I have this tattoo on my wrist, and it says grace in Hebrew. That's the picture of it. And it's pointed towards me. If anybody has a tattoo, typically when you go to the tattoo artist, they want you to turn it so other people can read it. But I purposely turned it towards me. I turned it towards me as a reminder that I need to give myself grace at times before I can give others. This is my reminder to give myself grace in those moments where I'm Judas and I'm not Mary. I think part of getting ourselves in a good place to help others, to love others, to serve others, give ourselves some grace. Give our church some grace. Give each other some grace. What are we going through right now that you need to give yourself some grace. Well, maybe you're being a little too hard on yourself about something. Maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you messed something up and it's still sitting with you. Maybe you behaved in a way that has you embarrassed or mad. Maybe you're mad at yourself for something that you did or said. Maybe you're just constantly beating yourself up for something that you're hanging on to from the past. Maybe sometimes we feel we're not worthy of something good, or something great. And somehow our life should be extra hard, or maybe we don't deserve something good. Maybe we don't feel worthy of someone's love. Maybe we don't feel worthy of other people's generosity. I'm here to tell you, give yourself some grace. 
Be easy. Be gentle with yourself. You're worthy of all those things because you're one of God's children. You're worthy of love. You're worthy of great things. And if you can't or you are struggling to do so, know that God has an abundance of grace to give. And not just of grace, but of love. God doesn't count the things that we did wrong. God doesn't count the things we do wrong. God forgives us and he loves us. He does that by his grace. God's grace never runs out, it never empties, and it's always there. Just like the smell of this perfume that filled this house, that got into every nook and cranny, that got into every crevice, that saturated everything around it, God's grace will find you too. You can't hide from it. You try, but you can't. You can't escape it. It will overcome whatever unpleasantness that has occurred in your life, and that will occur. Just as that perfume overcame any unpleasant smell that was present. So just accept it in. And as we accept God's grace and love, we can be transformed as people and as a church. We can be ready to answer the call of discipleship that Jesus calls us each to. Amen.